0: I just want everybody to be positive, you know, what's going to happen when I, when I get through all this, it just got to go out there, we can, it's easy to be negative, it's easy to think of doom and gloom, it's easy to think of, life will never return to the way it was, and it won't, it'll be different, but we have to remain optimistic, we have to remain positive, that's the most powerful tool we have, and to be nice to each other.
1: Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Jared Easley. I'm your host. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Miss Christine. How are you, Christine?
2: I'm doing well. <laughs> making it's,
1: it. Yeah, you're making it. And I'm so glad. Uh, and uh, did you just celebrate your birthday or is that coming up? It's coming up.
2: Oh, it's, it's memori- coming up. It's Memorial Day. I was like,
1: I know it's like in May. I was like, oh, yeah. man. I was going to kick Day, myself from missing your birthday. <laughs> Okay, but but uh, yeah, Cinco de Mayo. I know that was important, and you were spending that just hanging out. Uh, or you worked? So you had to. Work.
2: I was working on Cinco de Mayo.
1: Oh man! So hopefully, your birthday, you can you know do something. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it'll be inside. All right. Well, enough about us. Let's talk about our guest today. We have uh, Neil Perry Gordon on, and I'm excited about this. Uh, Neil is a popular novelist. He's got four published works so far. His current book is a, a historical fiction titled "The Bomb Squad," which takes place during World War One. Neil has another book coming soon, which is the first of a new series titled Hope City, The Alaskan Adventures of Percy Hope. Neil, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, so Neil, um, for people that may not be familiar with your work, and and you know, shame on them, but, but hopefully they can get caught up through today's interview, how do you introduce yourself to someone when they meet you for the first time?
0: You know, when I wrote my first book, I didn't consider myself yet to be you know, I'm a writer, I'm a novelist, I'm an author. I couldn't have said any of those three things at that moment. So I was flying back from somewhere and I was working, writing my book. The woman next to me said, oh, are you a writer? And I paused for a second and I'm thinking, okay, here's my opportunity to answer her. And I just was like, yes, I am. And so that was the moment when I consider myself a writer well I consider it was an evolution it went from being a writer to being an author to being a novelist so I know they all mean the same thing but it was sort of an evolution in how I ended up now calling myself a novelist
2: okay well one, one of the things we do is a little a little bit of an icebreaker here finish the sentence the best way to spend your birthday while quarantine is to blank
0: have a zoom meeting with my family which I did But I just had my birthday
2: oh uh, what was that
0: April 10th Happy
2: so. birthday.
0: You know, it was nice having this one birthday.
2: Did they send you massive amounts of toilet paper?
0: <laughs> yes, that's what I asked for. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping to get.
2: Yeah, you got to put a candle yeah. on top. <laughs> make, a, <laughs> make a quarantine wish. <laughs>
1: Oh boy, uh, Neil! You recently shared a humorous video on Facebook. It was depic- depicting the perfect—I'm using air quotes here—the perfect back rub, and it involved oh, yeah. rooms, rakes, toilet plungers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Would you enjoy one of those massages? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not.
0: You know that was like you know that's one of the few pleasures that you know that you can just go go to the spot and get a massage, and you know so you know when you're going to have like okay. This is it. It's Saturday morning, eight o'clock or Sunday. Whatever the best time is, you go, you get that massage. There's nothing better than that. Now, what the heck? I got to get a massage by a rake? No. no. <laughs>
2: that's a, that sounds like a social distance massage.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's no. exactly what it is in the video. It's like complete social distancing. It's yeah, like mm.
0: two broomsticks with, with
1: rubber gloves, <laughs> gloves nice. on yeah. uh, was hand. That was a great video. I'm going to have to link to that in the show notes so people can see that. That's very funny. Uh, yeah, I, I totally get it. And uh, Christine is big on her nails, and she hasn't been able to go to the salon. And <laughs> I know inwardly she's dying a little inside each day.
2: Yeah, but I'm not going to be the first crew of people that go rushing into the <laughs> salon. Uh, uh-uh, noob, not me, buddy. Oh, yeah, you can <laughs> wear, wait like, it a, out. <laughs> a
1: mask in the salon and like you know get your.
2: Yeah, I'm still going to wait it out because it's just too many people <laughs> that are like so so gung ho to get out. And I'm like, y'all y'all can just share that amongst yourselves, and I'll be there when it when the numbers calm down just a little bit more.
1: Well, I agree with Neil. I'm, I'm probably not going to say no when it's safe to have a massage. So good call. Yeah,
2: to each his own. Yep. Okay. So Neil, you're a writer. What are some of your favorite books that you've read? Oh, I
0: love, there's a book called Shantaram.
2: Gregory Roberts
0: wrote. It's a big, long book. It's almost, I think it's biographical. It's, I'm not 100% sure, but the way it's written, it sounds very biographical. It's about this, um, This guy who escapes prison in New Zealand and ends up in the slums of, of Bombay, of Mumbai in India. And he, it's just a wonderful story. What, at probably the number one book I tell anybody to, to recommend a good book to read besides my own. (laughs) Go to Shuntaram and read it. And everyone goes, Oh my God, what a
1: great book. So I'm recommending that read that book, Shantaram. You'll, you'll thank me. I think Christine's more of an audio book person. Is, it, is this on Audible?
2: <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I will read. Audible just works very well when you're on planes. It's really one of my go-to's. Movies and Audible books. That's my COVID mechanism. Don't yeah, there's, nothing, there's, there's
1: nothing wrong with audiobook. That's a good
2: thing. I Listen, I'm two. getting elderly years old. My eyes are getting tired.
0: Listen, I have two of my books on audio, my first good. two, and the other two being recorded right now. So I am a big audiobook fan. I listen to, when I run, that's what I'm listening to. Actually, now I'm into Masterclass. Nice. I'm listening to uh, Dan Brown, you know, the writer who wrote The Vinci Code and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Demons and all those. So, what a wonderful teacher of writing. Oh, my God. So it's, I listen to him. Then I also listen to Neil Gaiman also on writing. So, you know, it's interesting as a writer to to learn from great writers. It's it's a wonderful opportunity. There's so much to know.
1: I've heard other writers talk about. They read a book by that Stephen King wrote about writing, like a long time ago. Have you? Are you familiar with that? I am. It's called On Writing by On, Stephen on King. Writing by Stephen King. Yeah. I've heard that's Excellent good as well.
0: Book. Excellent. Yeah, very very good book. That was also one of. Them. If I was people asking me what's a good book to get on about writing, that would be. And also uh, Saul Stein. I think mm-hmm. it's. I might remember what he calls his book, but he's the he's the writer. S O L Stein. It's like a classic. And it's an audio book, too,
1: as well. Very good. I think it's smart that you're doing the audio books because I think there's a segment of people that, you know, that they'll make time for the audio book, but they may not make time to sit down and, and enjoy the book. Right. Uh, just reading well, it, so. the,
0: the two biggest areas in book sales right now are digital books because people not going to bookstores and don't right. want mm-hmm. that's, that's been growth. That had a big bump in sales and audio books. You know, anything digital now is going to be popular. Uh-huh. So um, those are, are popular right now. So e-books and, and uh, audiobooks So, uh, yeah, I have all my books will be available in ebook, paperback, and audio. Cool. Um, options. Eventually. People
2: love options. Yep. Got to give them options. Yes. As you always- said, you've you wrote you've written several books, and the first one was A uh, Cobbler's Tale, and that was released, what, fall of 2018? When did okay. you first realize that you wanted to be a novelist?
0: Well, I didn't know it was going to be one until I actually finished it. (laughs) Because when I sent that book, when I finished that first book, I didn't know if I had, if it was good or not. Mm -hmm. So I put all this effort in. It was months and months and months. And then I found an editor and I would send it off to her. She's okay. I'm going to read the book and I'm going to give you your, I'll give you some analysis about the book on like Thursday, the 22nd, whenever it was. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, it's like an hour to go. This is it. I'm going to find out from her if I can write or not. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And she, like, okay, hi, Annie. Okay, I read the book. And then she's just telling me how much she loved it and loved it and loved it. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because it was It was like, either I'm going to go take this road, or if she says this sucks, you can know how to write, stick the hanging draperies, which is what I do for a living. I, I make draperies and shades you know, and stuff. So, uh, But she loved it. So that was when I became a novelist at that moment.
1: Awesome. So tell us the story of what compelled you to, to actually start writing.
0: Well, I wrote, I've always written, I've written articles in, in the industry for the Met Local, for, our, for our industry magazine for both of them. It was two at the time. At one time, I wrote for both magazines monthly. So I was always a writer at the industry. I wrote two industry books, one on coaching for designers and one about for architects on engineered trading solutions. So I uh, So I always did that type of writing. But I've always loved novels. I've always loved historical fiction novels. I've always thought, there's nothing, if I had to just say what I want to be, I want to be a famous painter, I want to be a famous sculptor. I mean, creativity is is the most important thing to me. But the idea of being a writer, was like, okay, it has to be the best. And it really has been the best. I tried painting, you know, and I was okay at painting, but what a pain in the neck, you know? You can need all these paint brushes and paint and easel and, th- and and then you got to clean up when you're done. Like
2: <laughs> I love painting too. I'm not even really that good at it. I don't do it very well, but I like to do it. But yes, the cleanup is a mess and it it's story.
0: <laughs> what a pain. Hey, like those brushes. What You know, it's like, okay, really? I'm going to do this again? Writing is so easy. You know, you have your yeah. laptop and people, how do you do research? Google. So, Google. <laughs> you know, I'm writing. And I do my research. 25 years ago, if I had to write on a typewriter and go to the library to do research, I would. I'd still be working on my first book. That's cool. You know, this is really you know having the tools of technology at your fingertips. You know, makes it a wonderful thing to do. And I could do it anywhere on a plane. Well, when I used to go on a plane. <laughs> I used to right. at the airport. You when know. I used
2: to go to, on a plane. Yeah. Remember when <laughs> that was cool?
0: Yeah, well, we should sit in, I used to sit in Starbucks in the city waiting for my appointment, and I would take up my laptop and write. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would find time here and there to do it. Now I have all the time in the world,
1: right? 24-7. I always thought Bob Ross made it look so easy to paint.
2: I love Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Why it looks so easy. I can do that. But you can't you can't
1: paint on a plane. <laughs> you can't you write. You cannot a paint. Yeah, that, that, uh, I have a, a thought about that. Like uh, I've actually written a couple of books. Not that I'm trying to uh, go there. But do you ever write like on your phone? Have you ever done that? Where you like write I'm in a Google necessary. Doc or if something like that?
0: Well, I might put an idea down if I'm like walking. Okay. You know, I get a lot of ideas running. I run a couple yep. miles a day, and let's, and that's always a good time. Ideas also pop in your head about something, a character, yeah. or a chapter you wrote or something you want to put, like, okay, I need to talk about her hair. I got to go back <laughs> to the chapter. Because I realized her hair changed, and, and her boyfriend didn't notice it, so he needs to notice it. Oh. So I have to go back and make sure I remember to put that in. So I'll put notes on my phone for that so I don't forget.
2: <laughs> Interesting. Based on your experience, what, what makes a great story, or what makes the story great?
0: Well, I love I love to be just taken into the story just absorbed into it forget that you're reading that you can't wait to get to the next page you know you, you just like you're you're just immersed in the story and it, you just go on this journey and you're like so happy you're into a good book it's just a wonderful feeling when in the process of reading something that's good and then you don't want it to end so you know then you want to talk about it and then the best thing the next best thing is finding someone else who read that book so you could discuss it those are the things that get me excited about about good books that's how I want my book to be. I want my book to be a page turner and a thriller and an adventure story and it teaches us something and you learn about history at the same time, you know. And then then you write a great re- review for me on
2: Amazon. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Are you one of those people like, the book was better, way better than the movie? Well, of course. it always, <laughs> it
0: always, it always better. Well, you know, when you – I was – so the, did you read The Goldfinch? I Unfortunately, know. I did not. Okay, so it's a good book. It was one. It was it won a, I think I won a Pulitzer, and it, and it and the movie just came out on on um, on, Var- on fire. So I just watched the movie, and I'm reading. You know, it's an eighty thousand word book, and all of a sudden, I'm like twenty minutes in. I'm like, they're there already. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, you got to compress that story of. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why. Series on Netflix and things are so great because you can you know, really tell a story. Yeah. A two hour movie, you know, you can take a, a 80,000 word book and compress it into a two hour movie. You know, it's, unless you're like, it's masterfully done, it's difficult to do.
1: Right. You do a really good job of, of creating stories and, and weaving in all those things like love and murder and like just all these different things and, and, and in various historical time periods. So, Obviously, these are time periods when you weren't you weren't living, you weren't around, and, and I know you mentioned Google kind of jokingly, but how do you research these periods of time to be able to craft these stories so seamlessly during that time? Imagination. You know, you, you go, you, you, I use,
0: I go to Google and get images. Images help. So, you know, if I go to Google Images and I want to get like, my book, The Bomb Squad Begins... In uh, 1916, this July, June 30th, 1916, there was the Black Tom Island explosion. And Black Tom Island was a, was an armaments depot about 2,000 feet right behind the Statue of Liberty in New York Harbor. And the German spies—this was before we entered the war; we were still neutral. German spies were here. They were trying to, to just get distract America from getting into the war. And they thought by blowing shit up, you know. That would distract us. So they blew up Black Time Island. So when I saw that, because uh, I was going to that period of time, so I, I went and I found pictures of that. online. Um, was tons of pictures. It was major news at the time. So I saw it, you know, and that's that That helps you just, you know, get the visual image of, the, of what that is. You know, I'm working on a book now. It's actually a sequel to Hope City. It's called Cape Nome. It takes place in Nome, Alaska. This the gold rush of Nome, Alaska in the year 1900. And one of my main characters is Wyatt Earp, because he went up there and he had a, he had a bar. He was up there the summer of 1900. And, um, you know, so there's some places have lots of good images. There's a lot of good images of Gnome in 1900 because Wyatt Earp was there. I mean, he was a, he was a celebrity. And, uh, so there's, you know, there's lots of things that to get there and, and then to try to, you know, you fill in the blanks between, between places. And it doesn't hurt to go to these places either. I've been in Gnome and I've been to, uh, Ellis Island, which is also uh, a lot of my, three of my stories, or two of my stories basically take place there. I wrote a book called um, Moonflower, which takes place in the 1670s. So there was a, uh, it was interesting. There's a book called Manahata, and there's an image on the cover of the book. The Manahata is the Lenape Indian word for Manhattan. The Lenape Indians lived in the New York area. They lived in Manha- on Manhattan Island before the Dutch came. And they they were there even while the Dutch were there, but eventually they got pushed off. But so they called Manhattan Man- Mahana Ada Manhata Ada. And this picture has the island of Manhattan. On the left side, it's all foliage. It's wow. trees and hills and mountains. On the right side is as if it's today, or all the buildings and streets and you know tapped you know towers and bridges. So it shows side by side the same island in the sixteen seventies to the 2020, you know, side by side, it's, what a wonderful comparison. What is the bomb squad about? Well, I gave you a little bit of a beginning. It's it's about two men, two German American men. One, his name is Dr. Harold Schwartz, and he's the administrator of Ellis Island Immigrant Hospital, and a very prestigious position. And uh, but he's also a German spy. And him and his father, who was a lifelong friend of Kaiser Wilhelm, uh, trying to wreak havoc in the New York metropolitan area by blowing things up, as I said before, with the idea of keeping America out of the war by distracting them. Meanwhile, the British Secret Intelligence Service, known as the SIS, they come down to recruit a New York City police detective, also a German-American, Max Rothman, to stop these explosions, these, these uh, espionage um, criminal acts that are going on. So he forms the bomb squad, and the bomb squad is made up of five German-speaking Americans uh, with all different skills. If you read the book, I use Jung's uh, archetypes—five different archetypes for each one of the bomb squad members—and they have to fight and, un- and un- uncover what's going on by the espionage on the other side. So it's a clash of the patriots, right? Both men think they're doing the right thing. Both men are loyal to their countries. Both men think they're on the right side of history, but only one is. So that's a little synopsis of the bomb score.
1: Yeah. That, that, uh, I mean, I've I've read some of the reviews and I mean, obviously, you know, this book has uh, captivated a lot of people. So congratulations on that. And then you've got Hope City, which is uh, the, that book is coming out early this summer. Uh, That's going to be a series. You already said you're writing a second one, Uh, congrats Mm -hmm. on that. So what inspired the Hope City uh, series? Oh, good question! You know,
0: people say good questions because that's the question I want to get. <laughs> uh, so, Hope City. I go to Alaska every summer. I've gone up every summer for the past twelve years. I have friends who live in Anchorage and who live have a main house in Anchorage and have a cabin in a place called Hope. So, I go to Hope, which is a wonderful place out, you know, on the Turnagain Arm, which is a big body of water in the mountains couple hours from Hope uh, from Anchorage and um, hope used to be a mining city and gold mining in 1898 was its was the year that that people were really mining there and there was a town that was even bigger that was found down the street which is gone now you can go into the woods and see remnants of this town this was called sunrise so you had two cities 10 miles away or 14 miles away from each other both became very popular so we had all the people go into the gold rush and in Dawson City, in the Klondike, 1896, 1897, 1898. And they had to go, like, it was so hard to get there, travel up these mountain passes. They had to carry 2,000 pounds of stuff there. Each man had to take 2,000 pounds of supplies because the Canadian government was afraid they would starve to death without having supplies. So once you made this treacherous climb up this amazing mountain, and you had to go back down and get more stuff because who can carry 2,000 pounds on one trip? Right. Anyway, so they all make the Dawson City, 30,000 people there, going for, looking for gold, going crazy. But in the meantime, there was gold discovered in Sunrise and in Hope as well. They didn't have the 30,000, they had about 8,000 there during the peak, so this is the story of Hope and Sunrise. So the, the story begins, basically, is that Hope is an unnamed mining city. Sunrise has a name, it's more established, it's been there, Hope is just sort of just getting itself together. And there's a man, one of my characters, who actually ends up being the protagonist, is standing on the shore, waiting for the boat to come in and says, the next person who steps off that boat and puts a foot down in our little village here, we're going to name the town after him. So here comes a 17-year-old boy with his friend from San Francisco, whose father says before he gets on the boat, Sam, his name is Samuel Rothman, he goes, I'm going to suggest that you change your name because I don't think it's a good idea for a, a Jewish boy to go up into one of these gold mining towns. and Who knows what people are going to think of you. So I think you should change your name and make it somewhat, you know, a little bit more mainstream, so to speak. So they come up with the name of Percy Hope. So Samuel Rothman now has an AKA Percy Hope. So he steps off the boat and he asks, what's his name? And he goes, my name is Percy. And he goes, what's your last name? He goes, Hope. He goes, that's it. We're naming our city Hope. So that's how the town gets its name of Hope City. And that's how my book begins. Is that actually true? Or is that? Cause- well, that is legend. Okay. The legend is, is that someone came off the boat and his name was Percy Hope. And that's how they gave the name. Because okay. I gave Percy Hope a whole new identity and a whole different background. And so was, for Percy Hope and for his friend that go up there, it's it's like a trip down the rabbit hole. And then all sorts of strange things happen while they're, while they're up there during the summer. So I use Jack London in the story a little bit as, in, as inspiration. Cool. So it's a Jack London credo at the beginning of the book. So yeah, that'll be out
2: sometime in June. How do you determine when a story should be just a, a single book or a series?
0: Um, it's just, it just sounds good to have the continuing adventure, the Alaskan adventures of Percy Hill, doesn't it? Like, yeah. don't, don't you want that to continue? <laughs> well, and, and I would imagine series sell better than a single book. <laughs> so, there is yeah. It's keep- a marketing strategy. I like it. It is. But, you know, I never begin a book with that intention. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, it's just it's sort of these, these things just sort of like take a life of its own.
1: And so you already kind of in your mind had, well, this could be book one and this could be book two. And so you kind of already knew that going into Hope City.
0: Yeah, well, what's fun about writing this is was what I was consulting with my friend who lives up in Hope and knows, knows it. So, you know, we would talk about it and, you know, he he gave me some good ideas. And, you know, we said, The Alaskan Adventures of Percy Hope, book one. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> book one. <laughs> well, what about book two? <laughs> right. So Yeah. So I, when I finished, when I was ending book one, I sort of, I made it so that, you know, it does drift into uh,
1: the possibility of a second book. So that's what I'm working on now. I am amazed at how quickly you've written these books. You, we said your first book came out in, what, 2018? We're two and a half, not even, two and a half years later, and you've, get, you've had several books. We have uh, four
0: published. I have one coming out. I have another manuscript waiting for the editor to get more time, and I just started now uh, this book about Nome. That's fantastic. You find
2: time to hang the drapes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for real. Well, I tell you, there's been a strange <laughs> a benefit of being, of, of
1: quarantine. <laughs> is that I could stay home and write all day. There doing, you go. He was doing voice dictation
2: before. <laughs> <laughs> right, while he's hanging them. He's hanging
0: the I, I would take my laptop with me if I was I had an appointment to see an yeah. architect or designer. Like I said, I sit in Starbucks, take out my laptop. I go like an hour early, an hour and a half early. I could oh. still answer emails when I'm there, talk to the office, then go for my appointment and then get an hour, hour and a half of writing and at the same time. So, you know, I squeezed it in. I love the
1: hustle. That's very impressive. Right? So when someone is, is new to your work and what's like the best book for them to start with, if, if yeah, they haven't read any of your stuff yet, so what do you think would be a good um, one to start with?
0: Well, my most popular, still the first one I wrote, A Cobbler's Tale. Okay, um, That's still the most popular. It's a good one to start with. Though each one, the people go... I mean, people, I mean, people I talk to say, "What's your favorite book?" I'm like, "It's like having a favorite child, you know."
2: <laughs> you might
0: you might have a favorite child, but you they never do learned. have
2: favorite children. They <laughs> lie. People have favorite kids, right? I say you never admit it. <laughs> you never admit it. There you go. You never admit it.
0: So, you know, so it's like same with my book. I can't like insult one over the other, but you know, I think my, my always my last book is my best book because I learn from each one.
2: Yeah, you're just getting yeah.
1: better
0: as you do it. I think so. That's great.
2: Who's doing something that interests you right now during quarantine everything? Who's currently doing something that interests you?
0: Who's doing something that interests me while they're in quarantine?
2: Yeah, or just in general, just... Besides me? <laughs> <laughs> Besides you? Well, we
1: already know the is you, but, but <laughs> if, you, if, you, <laughs> if you had to pick a close <laughs> second, and it, had, you know, it can't be, yeah, it well, can't be you. Well,
0: my son, Max. My son, Max... He's in a farm in Vermont. Favorite. He got out of here just in time. Your favorite son. Right. That-
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he's doing something wonderful because he can do it. It's in quarantine. He'll be on farm. I mean, he's, he's living the life. He's on our organic farm. Nice. With bees and cows and trees and mountains and in Vermont, you know, so I miss him. But uh, I'm happy he's there because it's better to be there than to be here now in the New York area. Yeah, super. Oh, no. He's the type of guy, he wants to hug everybody, you know.
1: <laughs> he, likes oh, to, no. he likes to hug the bees.
2: He hugs everybody. <laughs> he's Stay away like, from the murder hornets. Oh yeah, he's hopefully like,
1: no murder hornets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not, not only trees, but humans he's hugging. You know. so, That's awesome. I, I, so, you know, he can't be hugging people now. You have to sort of like do an air hug.
1: Yeah, or yeah. the uh can can you do like the elbow thing or I don't even think you can do a fist bump anymore. That's that's probably we're up to elbows
2: now. Or the
1: the head nod, right, Christine? You just give yeah, kind of the head in. nod.
2: <laughs> Social distance head nods. <laughs> All
1: right, so uh Anil, you, you uh we really appreciate you taking time to chat with us. So we're gonna start to wrap up here. I'm sure the listeners are are intrigued and want to check out the books and, and connect with you online. Where can they do that?
0: I have a website. Nice website. It's mm-hmm. called uh, neilperrygordon.com. You go to the website, and I have something for your listeners. I have, I have a gift. Awesome. So, you know, as it, well, this gift comes with a uh, with a little bit of a short story behind it. You know, as a book writer, you have to also be a bookseller. Mm-hmm. So as a bookseller, I have to pimp myself out for reviews. So my, like, <laughs> you know, I'll read my book. Like, oh, I love you. Can you write a review for me on Amazon? So, That's like, I've become like, you know, pitiful asking for reviews. So my pity will continue as I'm going to say that if you, I would give your listeners a free download of my book, The Bomb Squad, the new one. Cool. Just send me an email. to neilperrygordon at gmail.com. And I will email you back the book. And what I'm asking for is that you read it. And if you love it, you give me five stars on Amazon. And that would be a wonderful exchange.
1: Uh, so Amazon doesn't require you to purchase the book to leave a, re- a review? No. Okay. no you, if you do purchase the book, then you become a verified purchaser. With oh, got it. Got it. Yep. Oh,
0: but okay. You, but you can leave reviews if you didn't get the book. Because, you know, many times with books, as we do books, we have an advanced reader copy. So before it's published, mm-hmm. we send the books out to bloggers, book bloggers and stuff, and they'll read it and review it and then put it on Amazon. This way, when
1: it goes live on Amazon, you already have reviews. Are your oh, books self-published? Or are you working with a publisher or? No, I self-published. Awesome. That's, <laughs> that's smart. Okay. Man, that's very generous. So they just send you an email. Oh, we'll make sure we have your email address in the show notes and then they can request that. You can send that over and then yep. uh, assuming they're happy, they'll leave you a review. That seems like a win-win because I understand the, uh, the Amazon algorithm based on those reviews allows more visibility for people to find your book. So I think that's a, a fair, totally fair ask. So. Yes. Right. Thank you. Very generous, actually. Well, thank you.
2: we always like to end the show with uh, any final thoughts. Do you have uh, any final thoughts for our listeners, Neil?
1: I
0: just want everybody to be positive. You know, what's going to happen when we when get through all this, you just got to go out there. We, we could, It's easy to be negative. It's easy to think of doom and gloom. It's easy to think of life will never return to the way it was, and it won't. It'll be different. But we have to remain optimistic. We have to remain positive. That's the most powerful tool we have. And to be nice to each other. So that's that's my party book.
1: I love it. I am very optimistic that down the road you're going to write a series or a book about Florida history, being that you used to live in Boca and then Christine and I are both in Florida. So maybe there's a Florida historical story coming. I, I have a connection to Florida for sure. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Neil, best wishes with the books. Congratulations on everything. And we appreciate sure. your time and wish you the best. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. All so right, stay well.